Welcome back to Seattle Sucks, a podcast about hating the city we love. It's me, Colin. I'm here with Greg and Brian, and we have two guests to talk elections. Dr. Kevin, you're back for your second second time on the show, and a new guest, Brad. Thank you. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back, Dr. Kevin. Hello, Bradley. Uh, well, to be clear, it is Kevin the person, not the squirrel, who's also yeah, a frequent right. appearance on the show. That's but, true, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, one is the namesake of the other. We'll let you figure it out. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about, like we promised last week, we're going to talk about the third, because we just haven't really... Uh, like dived into that yet uh on the eve of the election here we're finally going to really talk about uh the city council race in the third that's uh you may have heard of shama swant and uh this mysterious figure with a mysterious name egan orion who uh we're gonna find out about today i want to start though multiple people have been shouting at me in person and online (laughs) <laughs> about whether I have read this absolutely dog shit column from Newt Berger in Crosscut. I, I just want to touch on that because it's about the third. The title is Trotsky versus Bezos. Seattle's race for District 3 echoes throughout local history. Oh, this sounds like a very well-measured, awful piece. <laughs> the kind we read. From a guy named Canute. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but before I get into Mossback, I want to give Shama herself the first word in this uh, argument here. She also had a piece this week in Teen Vogue. These are some of the things she had to say. I want to hear what she thinks of her time in office and this campaign, like, in her own words, before we hear from Newt. My first week in office... Two longtime established politicians came by to inform me that they would not allow me to pass any legislation, much less the $15 minimum wage, and that City Hall would continue to run on their terms. Ask yourself, you know, have in your mind, like, whose terms we're talking about here. Uh, But they were unable to stop our movement. Six months later, our grassroots 15 Now campaign worked alongside labor unions and community activists had won a groundbreaking minimum wage ordinance that made Seattle the first major city to pass $15. From here, minimum wage victories spread to more than a dozen cities and several states. Since then, the establishment hasn't had much luck stopping socialist politics. We've won historic renter's rights laws, tens of millions for affordable housing, and replaced Columbus Day with Indigenous Peoples Day. So I hear Shama Swant there talking about real important things she's used her time on the city council to do for people, including but not limited to the people in her district. No, no. The minimum wage law only affects people outside of district. Three. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So keep all that in mind uh, yeah, when surely we jump into... Yeah, takes this into account. Yeah. Well, this is... Uh, so this... Oh, God, it's so fucking stupid. He opens it like this. For more than a century... The eternal conflict in Seattle politics has been a power struggle between the business community and the left. And you're like, I got to tell you, Greg, I was getting extremely excited when I read this. I was like, Knut's getting it. Yes. He's, yes. All struggle has been class struggle. He's understanding. Right? Uh, The potlatch riots of 1913, the general strike of 1919, the labor unrest on the waterfront in the 30s. Uh, all hot fire. Uh, mm-hmm. The civil rights era in the 60s, which honestly... <laughs> he, I feel not... like he's falling away a little. No, but I'm, <laughs> like, I, I, I'm with him here, but you really, to connect those things, you mm-hmm. really feels like you kind of need to go through marks. Mm-hmm. You know? Correct, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Which is not sort of the normal liberal way to look at um, civil rights. Uh, and... The confrontations over globalism and free trade during the WTO protests in 99 have all reflected an ongoing wrestling match. In one corner, the Chamber of Commerce. In the other, socialists and labor of one flavor or another. So, like you said, endless battle. He's getting class consciousness or something. All <laughs> struggle is is class struggle. Um, he goes in to talk about the, all the money that Amazon has dumped in the race. They're... In, he reviews their revol- involvement in the head tax and um, how they've 
for this reason and others developed this image as a bully in the city politically. And he goes on to say, critics of Amazon are legitimized in their belief that the big tent company is trying to craft a company town to their own specifications. So, again, like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on board here, right? <laughs> like, uh, but uh, he's too st stupid to understand what he's even saying. Um, he then goes on to say, on the other hand, some alternatives are also very problematic. I live in District 3, where my choice is between a business-backed political newcomer, Egan O'Ryan, and Shama Swant, who perhaps can be said to represent the Socialist Alternative Party rather than the district or its constituents. She's a grandstander whose party has contempt for m many of the liberal, pragmatic, reform-oriented Democrats, like this comfortable fucking asshole, <laughs> who vote for her, though they further her goal of global revolution in the spirit of Leon Trotsky. I, I, okay, I just, <laughs> what whatever. The hell? Um, but I get, it's like, she's not thankful enough to uh, liberal shits like him who claim to have voted for her, I think is what he's saying. He's saying, I voted for her and she doesn't respect me. Um, so what was a spark plug for the $15 an hour minimum wage, which was great, but she didn't do it alone. <laughs> Burn. Burn. Oh, and then so we all know what would have happened without her. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. From, the, the council was moving that direction. We all uh, saw it. He, she, <laughs> yeah. She uh had the right uh opinion on an issue I apparently agree with, but um Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. He goes on to no then, credit for that. Then he sort of nitpicks like some shit with the showbox uh, rescue project, which he actually says he liked <laughs> about that. And ultimately, um, he never finds time to say actually anything he disagrees with about Sawant, except the her the stance she takes that she's a, as a I said a grandstander uh, and all these sort of signifiers that are really almost aesthetic. And then he says, so as ballots go into the box this week, I find myself confronted with this general dilemma, Trotsky or Bezos, whose town do I want to live in? The Soviet of Seattle or a Seattle underneath a vast Amazon sphere? My answer is neither. <laughs> oh my God. So, I mean, it's like. This is Canute actually embracing anarchism and uh, he just, no council, no managers. Well, he's on this, <laughs> this full on, like, centrist trip, right? Um, so he says, okay, it doesn't have to be this way. We've had more reasonable progressive regimes where progressivism and civic progress happen together. That was three uses of the <laughs> meaningless word progress in that sent one sentence. We passed open housing, launched the Burt Gilman conversion, saved Pike Place Market, Chinatown International District and Pioneer Square. We created Discovery Freeway and Gaswork Parks. We saw the launch of Daybreak Star, El Centro de la Raza, the Seattle International Film Festival, Gay Pride Week. <laughs> it's a real mix. Bumber shoot. Oh, hell yeah. And, and Macklemore. Pea patches. And Macklemore. Who grew out of a pea patch. <laughs> we stopped the freeway building binge. Did we, though? No. Uh, <laughs> downtown. Our stern refusal to raise money. We stopped. Yeah. Downtown condos bloomed. He's oh, looking like wistfully up. He's, oh, he's like, uh. he's making a wish on a light that someone left on in a condo. <laughs> and Seattle boy, oh god, this is this is this is good. Seattle boys, Bill Gates and Paul Allen moved their budding Microsoft startup to the region. The list goes <laughs> on and includes notable fail failures, including the failure to pass mass transit. But still, this independent, progressive and creative problem-solving helped establish a foundation we enjoy today. <laughs> you hear that fucking list? Okay, open housing, Daybreak, Star, and El Centro de la Raza, which, not bad things. Which maybe, required but... a takeover of Fort Lawton by the indigenous community yeah, in yeah, Seattle. Exactly yeah, where yeah, I'm going Canute with this. Canute was there. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, we have a couple of uh, historians on the boat. I mean, uh, how you, how you guys like that rundown? <laughs> Some good stuff in there. Pragmatism. I mean, that's it's the totally secret. nonsensical. Centro de la Raza <laughs> is the product of aggressive, radical activism on the part of the exactly. Chacanex community here. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, what is that list that's so incoherent? I don't even know <laughs> like what to just, do Where with do you it. start? He's just dancing on but either side of, it, of the so line. There's two sort of categories here. It's a lot of middle-class signifiers. Okay, there's there's just plain elite and stupid things like the Seattle International Film Festival and, and Bumbershoot, frankly. Then there's, okay, parks, which could be enjoyed by a wide variety of people. But for the most part, these this is a list of things that land well above the hierarchy of need of fucking most people yep. who are you know str- struggling to survive right there's only a couple of things in here passing open housing um that really qualify as something you know actually progressive it's like a faux progressive list of like white upper middle class seattle values yeah exactly you know i i like the pike place market too but i mean it like if that was the shit that this is about <laughs> then that's why this election like doesn't affect new yep. burger's fucking life yep. right because this shit is, it's all signifiers. It's all, it's largely aesthetic. Yeah. And like you said, uh, people had to fight for that Daybreak Star Center. Well, like, he wants to fetishize, like, this balance between business and the left or whatever, this two-party system or whatever. But there, I would ask him, why was it so fucking hard to pass fifteen a $15 minimum wage? Why wasn't the minimum wage already $15 a decade earlier? Why yep. isn't it higher now? And it's because there's no fucking balance. Power in this town and this country is in the hands of capital, which is why you actually have to fucking fight, which is why someone like Shama Swant would be a fucking idiot if she wants to win uh, this fight against capital to not name those people. Yep. And to, right? So... And let's keep in mind, she is one yeah. member of the city council. The other eight are Democrats. Well, according to uh, all of the Seattle press, she apparently is one of one member of city council, <laughs> controlling all of it. Yeah, everyone's uh, actually running against her in every district. Yeah, I mean, uh, Greg, luckily Canute actually answers all your questions right here by letting you know that it takes people without Manichaean loyalties, <laughs> people committed to local improvements, to working together, to getting things done with less posturing or bullying. This is like we don't need a pro-business council or a pro-socialist council. We already have a pro-business council. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where power is, right? Yeah, they like, need when he says we don't need this manichaean choice like or manichaean loyalties, right? He's like, "Well, are you saying that Amazon running this town is a gray area?" Yeah. <laughs> Well, he just wants a council of radical, disruptive cooperation. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, so we got the historians on the boat. I mean, obviously people are losing their fucking minds on, you know, Knut Berger, chief among them. Uh, What the fuck's happening with the city council that they all don't care so much? So I feel like he he wasn't writing this article two years ago or four years ago. This is the chance to get for the business interests for the chamber and for comfortable shitheads like Mossback, uh, uh, Swampback, Moss thing, uh, whatever, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to to oust this upsetting creature, Shama Swant. And what's funny about that is, to do that, the vehicle they have chosen is someone called Egan O'Ryan. And the, my question is why? Uh, Bradley and Dr. Kevin? Um, well, they, do you have who, any idea? Who is Egan O'Ryan? So... What's <laughs> <laughs> he grown in a pee patch? Good question. So, um, I mean, so district, you know, the, as I've talked at length about last time I was here, is Seattle's history of... Um, gay window dressing and district three is of course where Capitol Hill is the historic center of gay life in Seattle since the late seventies. Um, so my, I imagine they are running him as a someone that like a member of the quote unquote gay community, you know, he was involved with Seattle pride fest when it first moved off of Capitol Hill to downtown to become this corporate 
celebration of Seattle's embracing of its gay community. Mm-hmm. He quote, saved it in his own words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> saved it by getting an yeah. Amazon sponsorship. Uh, <laughs> by yeah. begging the police to participate right. more. And then in, uh, was it 2016? <laughs> I, I talked about this last time on the show, but he took it over again during uh, the whole airline debacle, mm-hmm. um, that whole mismanagement over corporate sponsorship and the parade, which was just re- out, like out of control. Yeah, and so it was basically like one airline had agreed to like sponsor it, so they told another airline they couldn't be in it. <laughs> so like, right. like yeah, a yeah. They told Alaska yeah. Airlines, yeah. which is, of course, the one that is headquartered here, that their yeah. employees could not march... And uh, that person resigned in disgrace when employees protested mm. their way back into the parade and Egan O'Brien saved the day, apparently. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, he's organized one of the biggest celebrations of corporations in the city of Seattle. Um, <laughs> if you've ever been to that march, it is well over 50% corporate sponsors. Um, community organizations really are just lost in this sea of yeah. um, corporations, the Seattle police, you know, the Seattle Sounders march in it. It's it's really an ally parade. Mm-hmm. Um, well, hence maybe why they moved uh, off of uh, out of the gay neighborhood yeah. in the first place. I mean, why did they move it? I mean, why... You have a pride parade. Why wouldn't you have it in the gay neighborhood? Well, all right? these corporations have to be able to see it from their office windows. So. <laughs> <laughs> and they yeah. needed a much larger venue as well, which was downtown. <laughs> yeah. And and the um, when it was unleashed, the downtown parade, um, it was announced when they, the official announcement of moving the location of it was that gay people live everywhere now, as if that wasn't fucking true <laughs> before 2007. Um, They're not just quarantining the gay ghetto. Right. Uh. Um, but yes, it's as Seattle has since the 70s, and, and moving it is part and parcel of Seattle pushing forward this idea that Seattle is this kind of gay mecca. It's of course the, you know, the um the elephant in the room is that Seattle's really like trying to compete with San Francisco who has its pride mm-hmm. the same weekend as Seattle. Um, Are you implying that Seattle has uh, visions of being a better more important city? <laughs> I mean Seattle is just lock and step behind San Francisco so mm-hmm. hard with, you know, I mean we we all I forget what the publication was about six years ago said, but um, that Seattle had an opportunity to not become the new San Francisco and it failed. (laughs) And that was because of the pro-business city council that was in place before Shama Sawant came in. Um, Mm -hmm. Did she come in in 2013? 2013. Yeah. So do we... So yeah, so Egan O'Ryan obviously was like some... He was somebody, right? I mean, like in order to have been you know, intimately involved in moving the march down to downtown, right? And then coming in to save the day when this airline situation, you know, happened at this last march. He's somebody, but who the fuck is he? So I swear to God, he's an image that they just got off of a website for advertisers. I mean, like have put up. I, I am not convinced he's an actual human being. I'm not either, and I've even seen him at, like, debates. Um, I think he's one of, like, the leftover headshots they didn't cast in that first Volkswagen commercial with the two gay guys. (laughs) I mean, like, I mean, do you guys have, like, any sort of feel, maybe, for, like, who the fuck this guy is? No, I mean, I think in a lot of ways, I think looking back to even, I mean, this is my take on it, right? Last election, right, Pamela Banks was the sort of challenger to Shama. Um, mm-hmm. And this has been a longer arc than I think than just this election, right? Um, and they were feeling out, I think, the chamber, but also just business owners or owners in general, right, were feeling out a candidate that could be electable, right? Mm-hmm. And a biracial pro-business woman was not going to do it against Shama, right, in D3 mm-hmm. with its changing demographics. So they needed like a window dressing, like cute, and fuckable gay man, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was oh, going to get new information. Plenty the number <laughs> the number of friends that I have, right? Well, it's like I'd fuck him. Yeah, like, yeah. who are gay men, right? And it's you, like, you don't have to vote for him afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and it's just like the the ability, right, for like him to put out a soundbite, right, for him to have really good mm-hmm. um, PR and marketing, right, um, and for him to mm-hmm. be fuckable, right, is 
half yeah. the battle. Um, yeah, being fuckable was like Ari's campaign strategy. It's a different district. Yeah, <laughs> different district. Yeah, there yeah. you go. And so yeah, I mean, like, so is the vibe like basically that at that level? Then at this point, like, when you hear that people say like, "Hey, so Brad, you live in, in district." Yeah, three, yep. I guess we should yep. be clear on. But is, is the vibe kind of like that when uh, <laughs> you hear people may say that they like you gonna write or something? It's like literally that, just that surface level of like, you, you know. I, I saw a picture of him. He looked good. <laughs> or like, yeah, know, I mean, I think, like, he doesn't seem to have anything. I don't know what, no, like, what does he stand for? I know no. he stands for chambers. And like, but, like, that's about at, it. like, like <laughs> even looking at his like website, <laughs> yeah. right. Or anything that he sends out, it's, it's nothing. Like, yeah. I mean, he yeah. doesn't, there are no policy points, right. Besides these like vague sort of takedowns, right. Or shots at Shama that mm. aren't even like factually accurate. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I think in a lot of ways, right, they are relying on the amount of money that has just been dumped in and short-sighted, right, and voters that can't be really engaged to just pick up a mailer and be like, oh, cool, mm-hmm. he's gay too, just like me, right? He likes these, he's involved with Pride Pride Fest, oh shit, like, yeah. I'm gay. Um, or, you know, like, I'm like, a you know, an ally. And just yeah, yeah. like very quick, um, they're, they're hoping, right, that voters are can't be engaged and can't be engaged over the long run. It's yeah. a, it's exactly the kind of politics of representation I was yep. critiquing last time I was on the show. And it's important to note that he has been president both of the Broadway Business Improvement Association mm-hmm. as well as the Capitol Hill Chamber of Commerce. And I think it's important to note that during his time that Capitol Hill has become noticeably less gay yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and has become less safe yeah. for the gay community well, he had a solution for that. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the horse carriage <laughs> solution. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was one of his greatest uh, policy prescriptions when questioned about the hill becoming less safe for the gay community at night. Uh, he suggested, yeah, horse, horse-drawn buggies or something like that. I don't know. I, yeah. You're looking at me like you're confused. It didn't make any sense when he said it either. <laughs> oh, my God. Some, like, Amish-esque shit. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, as I said, you know, no gay person was ever assaulted in the era of horse travel. So, <laughs> so it's all good. So, um, so I'm interested yeah. to hear, like, I, I mean, I think we can get a general idea of what the, you know, the flavor of what, like, the Broadway Improvement District and the Capitol Hill Chamber were about. But, like, do you, mm-hmm. can you fill us in a little more on the specifics? Yeah. So, I mean, the Capitol Hill Chamber of Commerce is pretty self-explanatory. It's one of one of many neighborhood chambers of commerce in Seattle that's about um, promoting business and, and essentially is an agent of gentrification in these neighborhoods. Um, and it was, you know... Um, the Capitol Hill Chamber of Commerce really that spearheaded the effort to create the Broadway Business Improvement Association in the first place. Okay. And when it was created, it was the first business improvement association in Seattle. Um, and as far as my research went, I, I, I did not find an example of an earlier one in the country. Um, Toronto mm. was a place where these institutions were um, rolled out in the early eighties. So basically what the, the improvement association does is it, it's tax base is all of the businesses in the Broadway area, stretching from, uh, roughly Pike street up, um, to Aloha, I guess, uh, or, mm-hmm. uh, Mercer Royce up there. Um, and it, it basically all of the businesses in the area, um, basically pay, a fee or, or a tax. Um, and then the city uses that money to beautify the area. They advocated for greater policing of that area. Um, so in the late eighties, they were very, very much against political activism in the area, especially activism against us intervention in central America. Mm Um, of which the Sandinista government was, uh, decriminalized homosexuality, by the way. Um, and, and, uh, for the record, Kevin, was that the group that we supported in the oh, United States? Oh, no, definitely not. Oh, <laughs> that's a surprise. Um, and so, yeah, there's this, um, campaign against political activism in the area, you know, which Capitol Hill has a reputation 
um, I would say, a false reputation of mm-hmm. being a center of radical activism in Seattle. In oh. reality, the U District and South Seattle have always yep. had yeah. more yeah. radical politics. Oh, I, I, no, no, I remember that shit popped off on the streets. November, well, I don't know, election night 2008. <laughs> <laughs> People were, you know, swinging from uh, power poles and like hugging cops and shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hug a cop. That's the the capital right strategy. On, right on. But uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, uh, the sort of resistance to political activism in the area too is it kind of ties into that thing that we talked about last time around, right? Of you know whether like pride should be a march or a uh, you know a march or a parade, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, ironically, they finally get the parade. Maybe they always wanted, but it's downtown now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. I mean. So we get this general idea of that Egan Orion is part of this force that is like generally making Capitol Hill just another like suburb with just redressed, you know, Bad Bath and Beyonds everywhere or something, I guess. Well, yeah, well, it sounds like the Improvement District is like the actual formal push for gentrification by the city. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And. Not just the, the Business Improvement Association, but the Capitol Hill Chamber of Commerce and the Broadway Business Improvement Association um, and a number of other organizations in the city have also pushed for the complete refashioning of the Pike Pine District into what we know of it today, away from like Motor Row yeah. um, and into this very bougie um, boutique fine dining district that it is today also with an increased police presence is are, are things that these business organizations advocated for in their pike pine planning study in the early 90s um and you know i mean gay business owners have always been central figures in these organizations and egan orion is no exception mm. so just because he's gay doesn't mean that he is progressive maybe or lefty i guess more accurately and but it's but it's okay though because no gay people make a minimum wage so you know he's not hurting the community (laughs) oh my god (laughs) (laughs) so would anyone care to rebut that statement the the policing of that area definitely did not harm trans people of color yeah um Famous friends. Definitely not. Yeah. (laughs) Who are often have to rely on sex work because they are not employed by these (laughs) these very business owners doing business in the area. Uh, I mean, this is, by the way, a complete tangent that we'll probably have to cut out later, but... On 99, there is, like, way more, like, clearly, like, visible sex workers. Is that Sesta-Fosta, basically? Yeah. yeah that, that's yeah, gotta be, was, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, light switch overnight. Yeah. yeah, that's fucking crazy. All right, well, continuing on. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, so, Egan O'Ryan, uh, clear stooge for uh, the business committee on Capitol Hill. Uh, you know, so that that's in his favor. That's a check on his box. What has Shamus Want ever done for anybody, though? <laughs> I mean, where do we start? I mean, we need this to be a video podcast for the faces. <laughs> I'm getting <laughs> as is uh, we've made clear on the show many times. Uh, where is uh, Greg is the Combs of this show? I'm clearly the Sean Hannity of the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, no one remembers. Nobody remembers the, yeah. the the aughts. <laughs> Sorry, guys. The aughts were awful. Anyways, <laughs> I realize I'm the oldest person here by a lot now. <laughs> All right. I so. mean, just you know, just. Some of the things that um, Greg mentioned in Shama's article in Teen Vogue, right? I mean, she, she's done countless things for the city, right? And for, I think, common working class folks, um, not even in District 3, but across the city. Um, and, I mean, I think it was super telling when I went to a forum, right, that was the, by the GSBA. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Shama and Orion both showed up, right? Shama had like eight or ten things, right, that she actually had done for queer folks in the city, right? Sure, yeah. Um, the only thing that Egan could ever point to is that he had like revamped Pride Fest, right? Yeah. And that's maybe that's a tangible good, right, for some folks, but like in terms of actually allowing queer folks to be continue to live in the city, right? Mm-hmm. Um, talking about 
emphasizing the overwhelming queer, like cutie pop community of like youth homelessness, right? Sure. Yeah. There's an actual intersectional lens that understands that like queer folks and queer folks of color, right, in a lot of ways are most impacted and most marginalized. Um, mm-hmm. And how we think about progress um, and how we think about big things like homelessness and housing equity and access in the city. Um, And she gets that. And she's gotten that for years, right? And that's always been both in in terms of who she does coalition work with um, and also in in terms of who she's most vocal sort of um, ally and supporter of on city council, right? It is those communities. Mm -hmm. Um, And so things such as, right, increased renter, um, you know, increased... Um, protections for renters, right? Um, she was the only one that stood up and didn't back the um, yeah. police union contract, right? The only one, literally the only one. Um, and so, I mean, those are just two, right? But, I mean, if you look at her record of 15, and now mm-hmm. granted, some of these, this is all broad coalition community work sure. that she's done, and she's been the most visible, right, because of her place, place on the council, um, both seen as sort of the visible advocate right and um sort of victor in some of those terms but i mean i'm from in my opinion the list is endless um and so you know kevin and i were both in the graduate student union up at uw and when we were in contract negotiations right with the university um and they were trying to gouge you know mm-hmm. gouges for all they got she showed up right um yeah. and she's literally the only council member that can continually and consistently yeah. shows up. And I would add just I was at the climate march yeah. what a month within the last month. Mm. Yeah. She was the only sitting council member who who showed up and and spoke there. And I also want to give a shout out to Sean Scott running yep. in District 4 and Tammy Morales running in District 2, which is my district, um, for showing up to that as well. Yeah. A, 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 an event organized by youth mm-hmm. for the continuity of this planet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she was the only city council member who took the time to yeah. support the work of these young people and actually like care about the future of the human species. Yeah. Well, I mean, that cuts to the complaint about her, which is uh, the vast majority of people who are going to be affected by climate change don't live in district two. <laughs> so once again, she's out there representing for people who aren't in district two. Right? I mean, we see kind of like, as you guys talk about it, the like silliness of sort of the arguments against the right white. She uh, doesn't do things only for district two, right? By improving the minimum wage, <laughs> it improves somebody in somebody else's district or wage. Too. Or just three. Sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, it's one of those days. Luckily, I don't have a job that involves numbers. All right. So, but yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that was sort of one of the complaints. Or the other complaint is this sort of, uh, which you have kind of seen around the edges with the Egan Orion thing, too, of like, you know, uh, while she's doing stuff about like the minimum wage or, you know, rental or renter shit or whatever, what's she doing for the gay community, right? <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I think it's the sort of importance of like point out that, you know, those things actually impact. Let's <laughs> like, well, like, get real. White gay men don't understand what the fuck intersectionality means, right? Yeah. And she does. And so just because they're not, da- like she's not down there, right? Revamping or like Pride Fest, right? Like, you know, Ryan is, she's mm-hmm. done much more in the everyday lives, right? Of like queer folks of color because mm-hmm. she gets what intersectionality is. Is, right? Yeah, well, the choice of Egan O'Ryan, I mean, I come back to this, like, this baffling choice of this, of this, like, flash mob guy, right? Like, Oh, I, yeah, I we think forgot the fact that he's a, the flash you, mob guy. You oh, right, like, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> there's got to, there may have been, like, a winnable, I mean, I, you know, I'm pretty confident just by the sort of energy that in District 3, like you were saying earlier, the signs, like, just every house is for Shama. But, like, they could have found, couldn't they have found someone who could have really made this a tougher race? Or, I mean, again, I don't want to like pronounce uh, the end of this race here, but like he's just such a weak candidate. And I think it seems like all, the only criteria for Egan Orion was establishing that what District 3 is, what Capitol Hill is, and what gay Seattle is, is. White, male, family, mm-hmm. small business, mm-hmm. money, money, Mo- yeah, middle yeah. class. Yeah. Exactly. That's what that's what the district is. That's what the hill is, and that's what gay Seattle is. Yep. And you're leaving out, like you said, uh, just okay. 
trans people in general, certainly anyone queer of color. And that, I I think that perspective is just emblematic in that choice. Forget the fact that that is what is Egan O'Ryan's limited perspective and experience and influence up to now in the gay community. But like, he, I feel like he was chosen to to represent that, or that that, or that that somehow really informs the the reason he's the candidate. You know? No, yeah. I mean, like Kevin and I were discussing this the other night, where it's like he he is right, the candidate in in four years, right, in which the district will then represent, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. So that we're yeah. losing wow. working class wow. folks or renters, right, or people that can actually live in that district, right? Like, I mean, I live, I have lived in that district for six years, and I have most of the time worked two full-time jobs um, just to stay in that district, right? Um, and the people that support Egan, right, are the, the the type that you just said, right, and our homeowners, right, are not, you know, and have hella family wealth, right, um, and are not working two or three um, jobs, right, are, are truly working class, right? And in the next four years, this may be the last election, right, that Shama is able to win just because the demographics of D3 are changing. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and he's sort of a sign of that time, right? And not, and it's I think it's also not the demographic thing shift is not just purely economic, but intersects with queer people of different yeah. stripes, right? Totally. Like people who aren't who don't have families, you know, who aren't raising children and getting married. Yeah. Yeah. Getting egg donors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's tough out there to get an egg donor. Uh, it is. It's hard out here for an egg donor. Yeah. I mean, I loved, I loved Katie's um, response. Like, she had to. Guys, people were mad on to. Twitter, but guys, his partner was Latinx. No, 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 no. So it's his it partner. Oh yeah, was a Mexican. Was a me- was, yeah, was, was was a Mexican. And then she goes oh, yeah. before Which, you back d- to my roots of South Texas. Well, but then she said <laughs> before you South drag South me, <laughs> that's what he calls himself. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, um, you know, uh, Charles Dede's interpretation <laughs> of the stranger was much better, which he actually broke it down. Like that whole thing. What's great about that tweet is it's mostly smokescreen because it's like any like posting for a job you're gonna like if you actually want like for example like if you are posting for a job and what you're thinking is you know uh irish need not apply like you don't put that in the ad right if you're if you don't want to hire a uh, a black trans woman you're not gonna say you're you're gonna like cast a net wide enough to to get the responses you want but throw in some and that is exactly what it is it's this convoluted shit that Charles Mudidi accurately summed up with having like parsed it apart, done the math and got, oh, he was looking for an egg donor who was not very black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that was, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was actually the But takeaway. Greg, have you considered for a second that he has a Latino friend? <laughs> 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 or that uh, racists have never had uh, weird uh, like psychosexual issues. Never. Let's take so Katie's defense, right? And this is obvious. She, I mean, it's so funny because she's well, like, guys, it's okay. His partner's Mexican. As if to say, so he was trying to match. He wants this kid to look like the two of them had a mm-hmm. kid, okay? Which was obvious to everyone who read the thing. That's the first, I was like, oh, this white man must, the partner here must be a brown person. Like, that's obvious. No one else mentioned it because it's so, it's it's like (laughs) the first thought you have in your head. What's funny is, yeah, Yeah. that's a totally banal point, but also you're just totally accepting at at face value the, the huge importance yeah. Egan O'Ryan placed on his kid looking like mm-hmm. him and his partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, the weird like racial politics yeah. of uh yeah. you know, egg donations and all that kind of <laughs> shit. Mean, yeah. There's some like, yeah, he wanted yeah. their skull shapes to be similar. Biracial eugenics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, yeah, and, you know, like the literally. kid can be any yeah, race. It's not even a metaphor <laughs> by definition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. what he yeah, was actually was trying did, to yeah. do. Yeah, I mean, the kid can be any race as long as it's not the one encoded as slaves in the like in U.S. law. But but he also one. did not want a white, like a strictly yeah. white child either. No, he mm-hmm. wanted a diversity, like yeah, accessory which baby. Which, it, colors yeah. of 
Benetton. Yeah, United yeah. Colors of Benetton. Yeah. Right, what a what a fucking <laughs> weird thing. Got, to come okay, out. so he wanted to, you know, presumably this was like a surrogate um thing. I mean, but you gotta wonder the other option for him in this situation would have been adoption. Sure. And there's none of those kids out there. It, it might, <laughs> uh it, it might have been uh. he wouldn't have had to put an ad like this because he could have just, you know, like but you know who he wouldn't have chosen to adopt. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, it's one of those things of like, his, you know, Egan O'Ryan has money because somebody who doesn't have money would have typed that up and looked at him and like, ooh, this could blow up in my face. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly, right? exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. You know, this is the kind of shit like rich people do because their life has never had consequences. But I mean, yeah. you know, and it kind of gets back to sort of, uh, I mean, this comment, like, like this is what the hills sort of becoming, right? Is this sort of playground for, uh, you know, kids with money in their like twenties, you know, in the early thirties, and uh, part of the reason why this council race is important, as you guys brought up, is like if something isn't done seriously to affect the demographic change in this city. I mean, forget fucking leftists on the city council. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's seriously. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be just like, you know, six Donald Trump shitheads up there, <laughs> or, you know, or, you know, seven shitheads up there. But I mean, and I yeah. think in a lot of ways, right, it's been interesting to see since Amazon has dumped all that cash right into the race. Mm-hmm. I mean, even prior to that, that, right, the number of endorsements that Shama has been getting, right, even from, let's say, like the 37th Democrats, right? Like, mm-hmm. in what fucking world do we live in in which, de- <laughs> like, Democrats, right, that's the political landscape of the city are endorsing a socialist. Great. Like yeah. I'm all for it. But I mean, even since then, right. Some of like Shama's sort of like fierce opponents on the council, right. Like mm-hmm. Teresa Mosqueda as well as Gonzalez yeah. have both endorsed her. Right. Yeah. As just like the sign of the times, right. Anyone like mm-hmm. anything can anyone on that damn council, except someone who has dropped so much cash, right. By yeah. Amazon is supported by them. Well, there's also cash coming from this is documented like the, the all these races are kind of split between these Amazon chamber candidates yeah. and these you know not that they're not yeah. even all leftists but mm-hmm. Egan O'Ryan as well as Alex Peterson are the records show they're getting money from Republican donors, Trump yep. donors, literal, yep. actual fucking Trump donors. Yep. Which shows uh, you impossible. This progressive Seattle. Yep. It shows you we come back to <laughs> Wait, are what, we all Democrats? what um, Newt Berger taught us at the top here, which is that all struggle is class struggle. Because what we see here is that these rich people will always have more common cause, yeah. whether they're like Trump, like. Uh, nationalist, you know, fascist, racist, mm-hmm. whatever, rich people, or socially liberal, gay, white, rich people, yep. they will fucking stick together. Yep. And, no. yes, uh, the Greater, Greater Seattle Business Association, which purposefully left gay out of its name <laughs> as a way of not Seeming too gay. Um, <laughs> Great start for a, yeah. like a gay organization, right? Like a gay advocacy. Their, yeah, totally, totally. Their founder, <laughs> their founder Paul Jeffley, in uh, in his in memoriam, his um, obituary literally said, "He always reminded us that we are business first, gay second. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Yeah." Oh. Well, yeah, I mean that's like, that wait, is, and, and might on, as well be etched and on, on the fucking note, can door. I can I read an Egan Orion quote? Yeah, yeah. So Egan Orion said, "This is quoted in a Stranger article from the spring. I don't think of myself as a quote business person. I think my work with the I, chain. I, I'm a person who does business. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. people. First I think language. my work." With the Chamber and the Business Improvement Association is about creating vibrant communities and business is part of that. Vibrant read gentrifying. I've been doing the Pride Festival for 13 13 years. Artistic. That's mainly about community and equity. And that's mostly about highlighting the stories of queer people locally and nationally. Yeah, equity as in building equity in the home you own. And again, like the GSBA, promoting the idea that 
gay people can be good white capitalists yeah. just yeah, yeah. like everybody else. Mm-hmm. So, que- yep. and I, the, I hate his use of the word queer people there. It just yeah. irks me. But um, <laughs> because he's not talking about queer people, no, he's, he's talking, talking about assimilationist gay people yeah. and, and maybe white. assimilation yeah. as trans people. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. when the yeah. business community is telling you, uh, hey, business is part of the community, which one they think is most important. And when they talk about vibrancy, we know what they're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. You know, disruption through eviction. Right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, and I think, I mean, one of the things that's kind of interesting has been uh, maybe, I guess we'll see when the election comes, but maybe how out of touch just all the rich people are in the sense that the entire Egan campaign literally just seems to boil down to he's not Sawant. And also it turns out uh, yeah, totally. every other district seems because they, you know, uh, there's like the Solomon flyer or whatever mm-hmm. that's it's like Tim, Mark Solomon versus Shama Sawant. Tim, like, man, Tim Burgess's I, pack, right? Yeah, it's the first thing. But I mean, it's like People this weird, for Seattle. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. this like 80s era anti-communism. Uh, you know, I mean, we saw it at the national level. I mean, that was like the Democrats' pivot to like completely face planting in 2016. And nobody seems to care yet. They keep going on about it. And all I can think is just rich people and the rest of us have diverged. We've diverged so much. We're now actually just separate species, right? <laughs> like, this is the fucking time it's travel. Society. It's society, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Society, society, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why did I say time travel? <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, but yeah, we like just become separate species. Like, yeah, this is a thing that we all care about and are panic about all the time. Surely the poors will care about it too. And I mean, the interesting thing is, is that like, I think harping I mean, one, everybody knows Swan's a socialist and harping. I just seems to make people like her more. <laughs> like, I mean, what, what people, yeah. what people don't seem to grasp. And this was evident looking at the 2016 presidential campaign mm-hmm. is that those of us who are of a post cold war, like the post cold war generation, we don't give a fuck what labels you put on people. Mm-hmm. Capitalism has fucked us. Yeah. And yeah. like, this is all we got. So, f- fuck yeah, I'll vote for a goddamn socialist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All you got to do is say that you know Mal's first act was killing the landlords, and you probably convert most of Seattle. <laughs> and like, a, and like a socialist that has actually gotten results for people. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, and this is like yeah. going back to this like shitty article on Crosscut again. Is like mm-hmm. this notion that a like brown radical woman of color, right, is only subservient, right, to outside forces that are, Mm -hmm. like, pouring in money to the campaign, right, and pulling her strings is super insulting, right? I mean, like... It's it's an echo of both yeah. red scares totally yeah, yeah, yeah. History. yeah that's the tendrils yep. from moscow yep. well uh yeah and i think the interesting thing too uh the swat one is which berger hinted on and it's like this thing that the seattle times everybody else like goes on off on all the time is uh she uh is responsible to socialist alternative and that we saw her uh having discussions with them about politics and stuff via <laughs> email it's like yeah she belongs to a political party that political party has politics that they clearly state they and then platform. has a platform and then she <laughs> executes the platform that she ran. Yes, exactly. I, but I love this idea of the like, basically I'll say around like, guys, that's not how politicians are supposed to work, alright? They don't promise you shit and they do whatever they want, alright? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's doing it wrong and the Democratic Party says a lot of things on its platform and it's fucking meaningless. Yeah, and it does yeah. none of them, so, so that's how you're supposed to do it. Get, yeah, you're. it's like they're, they are like laying out a blueprint for how like politics could work what a political party could be you know and like yeah it's amazing well i mean it's the it's the slam that you get on uh, that's been like hitting on bernie in this primary campaign too of the like well yeah anybody can be popular by promising good things and then delivering (laughs) them (laughs) it's like they just stand there like I mean, clearly that's wrong. Why would you do that? <laughs> well, I, so I, which I feel like the slam is a lot. Like anybody would be popular by promising good things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't. I, I don't want to. Uh, I think it's legitimate though for them to use Shama in in those mailers in their campaigns in all the districts, right? Because they're 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 well, they're really doing what they accuse her of. Um, but they're correct to do it, right? She is. To the ex- I won't even say a pole of power, but she is a vocal uh, left voice that could be joined with more mm-hmm. in this uh, in this next council. And if and so they're right to campaign against her in the whole city. Yep. It's not mm-hmm. completely dishonest to say that mm-hmm. by casting this vote for a shill like uh, 
Orion or a like entrenched lanyard like Peterson, you are casting a vote against Shama Swant in the next council and what she represents and her ability to get anything done, you know? Yeah. That is what this is about. This is about what the makeup of the council is going to be. And is it going to be more votes, actually, some more people who might actually vote with Sawant sometimes, like maybe when the next fucking cop uh, union contract comes up, you know, when uh, they... Uh, vote for some tax on Amazon unanimously and then yeah. uh, in the middle of the night have to vote on it again and, you know, who who's going to get spooked? Yeah. You know? I mean, it's, it's very clear to me that in every district, mostly, this is an election that is about the gentrifiers versus the gentrified. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, Mark <laughs> yeah. Solomon is like, I mean... Who found that guy to run in District Two? I'm, and, and I mean, I, I do not see a, a, a chance that that he beats Tammy Morales in District Two. A, a pro cop, which is essentially what he's running on. Yeah, he's running on his, his uh, record. On, on, in, in District in, Two, endorsed by Spog, so in the yeah. one district in the city that is actually working, like majority working class people of color. I don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. But in all of the district races, that that's really the line in the sand that is drawn is Mm -hmm. the council. They're running against the quote unquote council. What's funny is the the council is being identified as a council that's protecting the gentrified, which by the way, it isn't not at all. Um, Anyway, it's, it's fascinating to see that made up of two camps. You have Shama Sawant on one side and the homeless on the other. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's where the power really lies in this city. According to a factual documentary I watched called Seattle is dying. (laughs) That is in fact the case. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) yeah. And I mean, they'll never forgive her and they, you know, they complain about it to this day. That uh, she, you know, because they're all angry, because all fucking nerds too, but they're all angry. They think she cheated because when she wanted to say like the fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage thing, she had people come to the council like yell at the council members, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she's like by be by again by proposing a popular platform and then asking people to popularly advocate for it. Uh, that that's a cheat code. Like yep. you know, you can't do that because we can't do that because nobody likes anything we propose. <laughs> right? You know, like that seemed to be the complaint from the council. Technocratic the, rule versus democracy. You know, yeah. they want to sit there and just mm-hmm. enact the whatever is going to increase local investment dollars or some shit. You know, that's not what happens when you have uh, Shama Swant to let the uh, hordes into the building. You yeah. know, someone, her staff holding the door open, like keeping the elevator propped yep. open <laughs> yep. to, to let in the the seething masses. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, I feel like uh, we can't let it go without being mentioned, but the Egan Orion mailer, the Make Seattle Great Again mailer, too. It's just, mm. we just gotta bring it back to this. I mean, these people are Republicans. Let's be serious. I mean, come on. Like, yeah, in any other city. Yeah, in any other city. This city is very yeah. confused about itself. Republicans just run as Democrats here and call themselves yep. progressives. Yep. And that's, yeah. we actually have a very conservative government well let's not forget too that most democrats are also yeah 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 like, yeah well it's almost that happens when you have like a this stupid two-party system where neither party has any like actual politics other than the fact that they just represent business but yeah uh yeah though the yeah. republican party has shifted pretty decisively into a white nationalist yeah. camp but no, yeah, well, yeah so so mayor jenny in any other city would just be a never trump republican Yes, exactly. Yep, she would. (laughs) (laughs) But that's in line with Democratic politicians all over the country. I mean, look at look at Rahm Emanuel in Chicago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, uh, what do we think the shots are that Swan has? Greg, you seem very confident. I feel less confident. Uh, I mean, I I don't mean to overstate my confidence. Um, I I guess um, yeah, I might have gotten a little uh, ahead of myself there because I don't think we actually know. Look, they're pumping no. a shitload of money into this. I w- I'm just imagining. I just think it's so hard. They're only going to win this by pumping in all that money, yeah, um, and just flooding, you know, uh, yeah, that district mailers. with people. And you know, there are people who are just not engaged who pick up the all those mailers and the voters' guide, and they're just like, oh, okay, yeah. this is someone. Yeah. 
running against Sawan, but I think I would just be so like it, what a travesty. Like bad enough. I mean, I, it's going to be it would be bad enough to see Shama go down to some cha- any chamber candidate, but such a just a wet nothing. shit, like a nothing. Just no. just a He's like a steaming pile of shit. I mean, like yeah. <laughs> he's not oh. even a good no business no. candidate. He's nope. not a good. Yeah. He just like that's why I think I I <coughs> want to look ahead and I want past election day and I picture myself going, "Wow, you guys really fucked up. Why didn't you actually like pick a good candidate to to take yeah. on someone?" But I don't know. But we don't know. It's actually going to be close. Like you can't know with this massive amount of money that was just dropped in. Yeah. Like you know. Well, so I, you need. So yeah, I mean, we, District Three should be knocking doors up until the the day of. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, Nate. Once again, I just like to say, if you don't live in District Three, vote illegally in District Three, anyways. It is not a real crime. Just do it. <laughs> All right. So few crimes are. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. And you know. Uh, which I mean, we haven't even got into the various Egan Orion scandals, like oh yeah, Uncle Ike, you know, uh, giving, giving him free, him free space. He was fined a thousand dollars for that stranger. stranger. That's honestly Great. more on the people at the stranger for being yeah. fucking just absolute pieces. Of yeah, and I mean, like yeah. Sus- and suspiciously Dan Savage. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, now I don't, did any of you did any of you see this week? Shama just yeah. went right back, and now yeah. there's a Shama cover yeah. on the stranger yeah. that yeah. she will probably get fined a thousand dollars for. Yeah. Well, I bet. <laughs> they actually put the right verbiage. Yes. In there. Well, yeah. at the end of the it's day, not that hard. They, My, yeah, yeah. they paid with that fine, that ludicrous, like not even slap on the wrist fine. They the Orion campaign paid thirty six thousand dollars for that ad instead of thirty five. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like the Shama ad is the the thing I appreciate about it about it is it says the only candidate endorsed by the stranger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing I appreciate about in District Three that ad. Um, <laughs> Is it shows a picture of Shama Swant smiling um, mm-hmm. because I feel like the only pictures I ever see of her are uh, like caught in a scowl, you know, like yeah. um, like in Again, those I, in I, the I, I think Como, they, last Como Doc. Yeah, they greatly overstate. I think because they're all like scared of women, they like greatly overstate the fact that like yeah, most people are like mad most of the time. Like <laughs> like uh, if I see somebody mad, I'm like yeah, that's about where I'm at all the time. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like fucked. people should be angry about shit. Like it's it's okay to be mad about shit, <laughs> but. uh yeah, I mean, that fucking stranger piece, uh, you know, clearly that was Dan Savage's <laughs> vote. I think we can all agree on that. And, you know, what a fucking sack of shit. So, what a fucking, you know, Dave Minart protecting fucking sack of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not <laughs> a ton guy. of love lost for the stranger on this podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, and rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right, well, shall we wrap up then? Sure. Yeah, I mean, if well, you guys have anything else to add on this race, on Egan, on Shama, on District 3? No, I mean, I think I, like, I write, I mean, I have my fingers crossed, knock on wood, that she does get reelected. I mean, I think the number of community, fo- at sort of community organizations, unions, individuals that have showed showed up to both endorse her, but door knock to donate has been really astounding. Yeah. Um, but it is also terrifying, I think, living in District 3, just the coalescence, right, of racists, of sort of NIMBYs, right, of all these folks that have are anti-socialist, right, racist, mm-hmm. homeowning, anti-homeless folks that, you know, you can walk down the street and see p- people ripping down her signs, right, or posting over it. And just in a, in a different way that I've not seen in past elections, it mm-hmm. really seems like a those that are who are against her right in her politics and what she supports and what she stands for are just kind of all out i mean you've mm-hmm. seen this right i think the stranger the stranger endorsement thing is sort of the epitome of this at least with e- egan orion's like false um mm-hmm. cover on that right where it's like they'll literally go to any length and it's straight up lying right in some of these instances to try and you know um try and uh, get votes away from her um, oh yeah and not that not that's always been politics i get that right but yeah. it really feels like on that side it's been super nefarious and they've pulled the gloves off quite early the i, I think it's very telling that the head tax is what seemed to have really yep. woken them all yep, up exactly and, uh yeah and i mean you know there's the sign things i mean those fucking como 
documentaries yep. to you, quote unquote documentaries, uh, which are some of the foulest shit that's ever. And she's key villain of all of them. Totally. Um, you know, it, it's, it is pretty astounding to be honest. Yeah. I would just add that, um, in the last few days I've driven around district three quite a bit and it's, it's an interesting district. Um, yeah. You know, on the one hand, you have Montlake and Madison Park, which are incredibly wealthy, um, and all, all the lakefront property. Um, and, you know, Egan Orion is all you see there. It's, of course, the only yeah. signs you saw there when in the last election were for Jenny Durkin. Yeah. Um, but then driving around the Central District today, which is significant... I lived in the Central District from 2012 to 2016 and it is a different place than it was then. It is a lot, Mm -hmm. it is highly gentrified. Um, and I think there are a lot of people who live there who, who understand that process of gentrification, even if they are themselves gentrifiers of a certain kind. Um, generally are renters. There's mm. a lot less yeah. home ownership in, in that yeah. part of the district. And I was, I was pleasantly surprised that literally I drove down one block and every single house had a Shama Sawant sign. It's, it's incredible how, how passionate people are on both sides of this, mm-hmm. of this race in a, in a district election. Never mind that Bernie Sanders chimed in mm-hmm. on yeah. Twitter yeah. Yeah, yeah. in support of Tammy and Sean and Shama um, and Lisa Herbold in District One, mm-hmm. calling out Amazon. And I mean, Amazon put one point how many million dollars? Yeah, so far one point five. Yeah, yeah one point five million dollars into yeah. a city council race, so they can continue to just have their way with this fucking city at the expense of its people. I mean, this, this election is, it'll be really interesting to see what happens next Tuesday. Um, Mm -hmm. it's going to be very telling and to see where the, where the wind is blowing. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful. I I'm, I'm confident about district two, but I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm nervous about the other races. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard not to like, uh, you know, Kevin used to live on Capitol Hill, right? You'll remember when we used to go hang out that place that used to live at, right? It's hard not to see the difference in Capitol Hill when you walk around it now, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> 10 years later, even, yep. you know, um, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, you know, we'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah. In large part, thanks to these yeah. organizations that Egan O'Ryan has yeah. well, been a part of. They yeah. got their wish. Higher yeah. income residents. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, I don't think you can, I don't think we can discount the amount of anger, particularly from business owners, right? Out of the fear coming out of the head tax last mm-hmm. year, right? Yeah. That they will do everything in their fucking power to make sure they can get their vocal, most vocal critic off council. Yeah. Um, yeah. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Their hatred ever is all the reason to vote for it. No, I mean, honestly, the easiest way I know it's like we're almost a week uh, off from when uh, ballots need to be in, but... You know, one thing that I've always found successful, if you're busy, if you can't donate, if you can't go door knock, honestly, just go through your texts and just text people, go through your contacts, right? And everyone who lives in the city, just remind them to go vote. Um, I'm sure we all are pretty civically minded, right? And engaged, but for some people, right, it, it's just not even on their radar. Um, yeah. So it's a really good, easy way um, to just, right, show up for an hour, sit down, go through your contacts um, and make sure people get, you know, drop those ballots. And if they don't have them come up with a plan of how they're going to do it. Yeah. yeah, and if they suck, don't remind them. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> duh. <laughs> you should actually probably just in, delete them from your phone. Yeah, yeah that, that is key. You know, that's when you're knocking doors, when you're phone banking. It's always about asking. You know, do you have a plan to vote? Because uh-huh. voting, like suicide, isn't plan. probably going to happen until you have a plan. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly like suicide. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> wow! By the close on that, yeah. do you have a plan? Yes, it's around okay. the corner from my house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for being on the show, and yeah, thanks, thanks. For, thanks for listening. We have a couple patrons, or yeah, a couple patrons to thank. Um, so, Mangus, <laughs> thank you, and Evan Matthews, hey, th- thanks, thank guys. you for uh, for joining the fold. Yeah. Um, look forward to that sweet, sweet Patreon content. Uh, la- the most recent of which is somewhat late. Yeah. <laughs> Not that there even is a late 
don't expect anything. <laughs> yeah. You, we owe you nothing. <laughs> Broke roll number one, Greg. All right. And yeah, with that, I think we can close out. So thank you again for being on the show, Dr. Kevin and Bradley. We really appreciate it. And uh, <laughs> I don't. Why are you laughing, Greg? <laughs> okay, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Happy holidays. Yeah. <laughs>